If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name is Jenna, and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. So welcome everybody. This is our officially first podcast episode for my new series. We, I guess, decided on the name Anonymom. I did a poll and that's what everybody likes the best. So we're going to go with it. So here we have Caroline. Um, we're going to call her Caroline because I really want to make sure that all the moms who are so awesome enough to share their stories with me, that they feel comfortable, that they are able to feel anonymous and unidentifiable. So we're going to go with Caroline here. So thank you, Caroline, so much. No, no problem. <laughs> um, so again, these are all women who willingly just came out to me to offer this information. They really felt strongly to share this information and their story with other moms in the community and also just around the world for anybody who's listening. So I was really intrigued by Caroline's story and I knew that she'd be perfect for sharing her story with everybody. So um, we can just kind of jump right into it. So first things first, if you don't mind just giving some basic family background, like how many kids you have, um, maybe the ages of them and any other information that you think is really relevant to the telling of your story. Okay. So I have four boys. My oldest is three. My twins are two. And then I just had a baby a month ago. So I have four boys ages three and under, and it is crazy. (laughs) Wow. That's, that is crazy. Yes. And, um, my husband and I met about ago. So we, we also have had four children in the span of five years, which has been quite the, yes, it has been quite the roller coaster. And when we had the first three, we actually lived in a different state and we had zero family around us, uh, no support system. It was seriously just, him and I trying to raise these three kiddos who were 15 months apart and not lose our minds and also not divorce. <laughs> right. That's the, that's the dream, right? To get yes. through it all and still love each other and be able to have that good partnership at the end of the day. So exactly. Yeah. I know that that's really tough. For, I mean, it was tough for me for sure. I have a two and a half year old. That was really tough. And we came out of it stronger on the other side, but during those trenches, man, like it was, it was really difficult and we only have one. So, Oh, it was, <clears throat> excuse me. It was so hard. I mean, there was times where like, honestly, I, I did want a divorce or a separation or I, I didn't want to be in that relationship anymore because my husband also works all the time. And, Mm -hmm. and we did move to Wisconsin about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. And, 
um, this job, he's gone actually more, but he would be gone for three days at a time, seven days at a time. So then it was just me and I didn't get a break. And then when he would come home, all I would want is a break. And he would be so excited to be around us and the kids. So he just wanted to like everyone to be together. And all I wanted was for everyone to leave me alone. And we were just really butting heads and we couldn't see eye to eye. And um, I also suffered from postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression um, with my first really bad. And I was in complete denial about it for quite some time. And actually when I got pregnant with the twins is when my doctor finally was like, Hey, we need to talk about this um, because you feeling this way while you're pregnant, like, isn't going to help anyone. So I finally came to the conclusion that, you know, I do need help. And um, I was put on some medication, which I will say I was so hesitant at first because, you know, who wants to say, oh, I have to take meds to be a good mom. You know, that's kind of how you feel. <laughs> um but it was I'm, I'm on them too. So uh, solidarity, I get it. And, but I yes. get the stigma and the hesitation as well. Oh, I was so scared. And then I thought that my husband would think I'm less of a mom because, you know, I, I need them to be happy or feel happy or feel like a good mom. And it was just, it was a roller coaster of emotion. But once I got on them, it was a night and day difference. It was, I enjoyed my kids again. I woke up happy and just ready for the day, but it was hard. Yeah, <laughs> it was hard. So I'm I'm curious, like, what was it like having the one and you, I think, had mentioned that you were already struggling. What was it like finding out that you were pregnant, not just pregnant again, but pregnant with twins? What was that news and that transition like? Well, this, the beginning part is actually kind of funny. So we did want to have another child again, right away, just close in age, not quite so close in age as it ended up being but we did want to have them about two years apart so it was funny I started tracking my ovulation on my phone just so when the time came I would like know okay this is the day we gotta do it come on honey let's go and when I first started doing that it ended one of my ovulation days ended up being his birthday so I kept joking with him like oh it's going to be, we're going to have a birthday baby tension. It was just a joke. And well, mm-hmm. I know this is TMI, but sure enough, it ended up being a birthday baby. There you go. <laughs> and then and you got two of them and we got two. And when I went to the doctor, you know, just for the confirmation ultrasound, um, they looked at me and they said, you got the BOGO special and, my husband kind of had to calm me down because we were living in the South at the time. And I'm sure if, if you know anyone from the South or about the South, you don't curse, like cursing down there, you're considered ugly. And I was like, F this effing crazy. What the F like my mouth, I was a full on sailor mouth at the time. And my husband had to be like, Whoa, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just, this is, this is crazy. I, because yeah, I was freaking out, freaking out. And then because like I said, my first, I think we found out when he was eight months. 
yeah, eight months old that we were going to have twins. So they ended up being 15 months apart. It was, <laughs> it, I, I struggled for a long, long time being okay with it. And actually at the time I was working for a construction company and our office was right next to a fertility clinic. So once again, I was dealing with the motions of how can I be so upset and, and worried about having twins and three babies when there are, are women who are going to this fertility clinic every day and praying just to have one. Right. And so that was a struggle. And then another struggle, which I didn't expect at all, was because there was such a small age gap, when the twins actually came, they required so much of my attention, especially because I was still nursing all three of them. Um, I started to resent them, to be completely honest, because my firstborn was still so young and he was my first baby boy. And he was at that awesome stage where he just, you know, wanted to be around mom and they're fun and they're walking and you're teaching them this and teaching them that. And I couldn't do that. And so for quite some time, I, I, (laughs) I hate to say it now and I still actually kind of tear up when I say it, but I resented the twins because I feel like they, they took that all away from me. Yeah. Well, I, I just appreciate your like openness so much because, and I just want to offer solidarity and, and let other women know that you're not alone and feeling that way because I, like I said, I have a two and a half year old and that's precisely why I haven't aimed for having an, another one because I'm afraid that I would experience that. I, I feel, I know like my own background and my own struggles with postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. And I could 100% see myself feeling the same exact way, like resentment towards my new child for taking away from experiences with my firstborn, but also the opposite way too, like having resentment towards a toddler for not allowing me to fully enjoy or be fully present with a newborn. So they're complicated emotions here for sure. And I'm just, I, I, I hear you. Exactly. And, and it's funny that you say that because I also had that as well, where, um, it breaks my heart sometimes because people, now that I have a newborn, people will ask me, oh, did, you know, the twins do that when they were little? And honestly, I don't remember. I I completely, like, it was such a hard time in my life to get through the first few months of having twins and a 15-month-old that I, I feel like I just completely blocked it out of my memory and it absolutely breaks my heart. My husband and I sometimes will look back at pictures of when they were babies and I'm like, gosh, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember doing this. I don't remember they used to make that face. I don't remember they used to laugh at this. And I feel like it was just because I was so overwhelmed and just trying to survive. Yes. Yes. And it just, it's sad to think that I don't have those memories with, with the twins or, or the memories that I do have or me being sad or upset or overwhelmed. So that's, that's hard too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know just in my experience working with women before and working with people who have such strong OCD and anxiety, I know that like not having full and present memories is a sign and a symptom of depression and anxiety. Like what are some other ways do you think that your anxiety and your depression kind of manifested? 
Well, one thing that I learned about it, because I honestly thought that having postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety was strictly like child related where, you know, you just are overwhelmed with the child or overwhelmed with being a mom or something like that. But it also included, and this is where it came into to me, where I was overwhelmed because I couldn't keep up with the dishes. I didn't have dinner ready every day. I felt like I was feeling my husband. I felt like my husband didn't find me attractive anymore. Um, you know, all of the outside stuff, like that's, that's where it killed me. And I just felt like I couldn't be enough. I couldn't be everything that I was expected to be on top of being this amazing mother. And so it would just break me down. I would, I just, I, I felt like there was this, this persona or this image that I had to live up to in my own mind. And no matter what I did, I couldn't, I couldn't reach it. I couldn't. And then I would let my guard down a little bit. And then my anxiety would spike back up like, Oh no, no, no. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And it just, it, it was really hard. And I think that's why it took me so long to finally admit that I had a problem. Because like I said, I thought it was all child related, you know, something, something that had to do with your newborn baby, but no, it was, it was kind of everything else. And when I spoke to my doctor about that, she said, no, that, that is absolutely part of postpartum depression. And I was shocked. I was like, oh, well, (laughs) then I have a problem. Yeah. It makes you, it makes you like almost angry. It makes me angry at least like all the lack of information that's out there for women. And I mean, women, in your position are already so hesitant and tentative about going and getting help, not to mention like the lack of information and the lack of resources and examples that are out there. If you would have known that this is how symptoms could kind of present themselves, then maybe you would have been able to get some help a lot sooner. Um, So I feel for you in that regard. Exactly. And then one thing that I wish, and this could be more specifically just my relationship is because there isn't a lot of information about postpartum depression or a lot of people try to keep hush hush about it is my husband, it took a very, very, very long time for my husband to accept that I had that problem. And that created a huge issue in our relationship because I tried expressing to him, like for instance, my mother-in-law came to visit and this is where my anxiety came in. Like I didn't want her to hold my baby and leave the room. Or I didn't want her, if we were going on a walk, I didn't trust her to push the stroller. I know it sounds crazy, but for me, I would seriously have a panic on the inside if, if she were to pick up my baby from the living room and bring him in the kitchen. I would have a huge heart attack, panic attack. And my husband didn't understand that those were genuine feelings. So he would get so upset with me and think that it had to do with because it was my mother-in-law and why are you controlling and why are you doing this? And I was like, I really don't understand why I feel this way, but I do. So I need your support, please. And it took a very, very, very long time for my husband to finally see that I wasn't just being this crazy person. It was genuinely a feeling that I had in my gut, in my heart, in my head, everywhere. So that's one thing that I wish society would bring 
bring more light into is postpartum depression, is postpartum anxiety, because we as women can barely understand it ourselves. So I don't really blame that the husbands that are kind of like, but <laughs> what are you feeling? But if there was more information or people talked about it more, maybe, maybe they would be a little bit more understanding. Cause I honestly feel like because my husband wasn't very supportive for a while, it just made it worse. It made it 10 times worse. Yeah. I mean, anyone, especially the person who knows you best, right. Who's in it with you and, and is your partner, like you, you just kind of expect that they will have this unconditional understanding of you. And when they don't, it's like, well, then I must be crazy. (laughs) Like, exactly. I I must not be right. Like I must have this all wrong. And like you said before, you're trying so hard. Someone gave me the analogy once of motherhood. Like, it's like you're just trying to spin a bunch of plates on poles and you're just trying to keep them spinning and keep them spinning. But eventually, like, you're just frenzied and you you can't keep them all spinning at once. Like, eventually something's going to fall. And that's how it felt like having to deal with the dishes and the relationship with the husband and a toddler, not to mention four. And so I hear you and... I'm, I'm curious, like, what do you think was the turning point between you and your husband? We, this is kind of where it came down to either we ended up going to counseling and it was either we get counseling, we learn how to communicate better, or we had, we actually did have a serious conversation about getting a divorce. And because I just felt like I wasn't being heard. And I mean, in hindsight, he didn't either. I, I can't really get upset with him for not understanding my feelings, but um, we just we just had to communicate about it. it. We had to stop getting angry at one another. We had to stop, you know, playing the pity card or I just, I think we just needed to have an open, honest conversation at the right time and, and finally have like my standpoint, not only, I don't know how to explain it, but heard, but like genuinely like, like heard, like not just listened to heard. And then him too, because he doesn't understand postpartum depression. He doesn't understand my feelings. He, I mean, he just kind of looks at me and thinks I'm this crazy nut job, which if, if I hadn't, I'll be honest with you, if I hadn't gone through postpartum depression either and someone was explaining this to me, I would probably think they're a little cuckoo too. But that kind of goes hand in hand with, it's not talked about. So you don't mm-hmm. know. And I just think communication, I mean, communication is always important in a relationship, but during those hard times and with a new baby, it is so important to not only communicate but to listen to the other person and and really try to understand their feelings because there's a lot of new feelings going on (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely and you're bringing me flashbacks of like my own little rips with my husband and things that I would do that he wouldn't understand and things that he would do that I wouldn't understand like I would never understand how our son could be sleeping in the room and a, a teeny tiny little like movement or a, a little whimper would wake me right up. But my, my husband would sleep through like the loudest screams. <laughs> I'm like, how could you possibly sleep through that? Right. And then he would be the same with me. Like I would be really antsy about like 
making sure that all the toys were cleaned up before everybody went to bed. And he's like, why are you, why do you care so much about that? And it's like, I don't know why I do the things that I do, but I just need you to let me do my thing. And I like how you, I like how you advocated for yourself in that moment. And um, just being able to say like, I don't know why I, I need this right now. I don't know why this is making me anxious right now. I just know what I need and I need you to support me because a lot of the symptoms that we experience we don't know where they're coming from. Like, I don't know why it bothers me so much when you hold my baby. I know I should trust you, but I can't, I, I just know that I don't feel right about it. Like, please support me. So right, right. Really good of you. So before we run out of time, I don't want to keep any mom for too, too long, um, <laughs> but I do want to kind of see where you're at now and kind of get like the more recent side of things. So where are you at right now? Well, like I said, I just had a baby a month ago. Congratulations. And thank you. And I was really nervous because, well, like I said earlier, my husband got a new job up here, which is great because I'm originally from Wisconsin. So I have family, but um, he is gone all the time. Like he... Mm-hmm. He will leave at two o'clock in the morning and then not be home until 11 o'clock at night. So it is really just me and four boys all day. (laughs) And my older boys are at the age where they're starting to argue and fight and mine, 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 where my head is going, oh my gosh, stop. Why are you fighting? They're they're all challenging, just in totally different ways. Yes, exactly. So I was so nervous. And then I had a cesarean. um, But this was my second C-section. And they actually released me to go home the very next day, which I thought was a little crazy. Yeah. But I mean, there are days where it's really tough. There are there are days where I will send a text to my husband and say, today is not the day to be late. Nope. Yep. Today is not the day to be sure. late. Um, but then there's days where it's really easy and it's fun and we'll go out and we'll go to the beach or we'll go for a walk. I know there's not a whole lot we can do right now because of COVID, but you know, we or we'll find a butterfly and name it. And you know, there's there's ups and downs. Um I did one thing that I want to kind of put out there for other moms that was suggested to me this time around is because I do still take my medicine for my postpartum and my postpartum anxiety is because I was so afraid of how I was going to be after this fourth baby. Um, We just, we just upped the dose just a tiny bit, but we upped the dose because it takes four weeks to get in your system So, and those first few weeks with a newborn are so hard. Yeah. So rather than getting back down to your lows, you know, just kind of think of yourself. You, you know yourself better than anyone else. So if you, if you think that you're going to have a hard time, that this is exactly what I did. I upped my dose just a little bit to keep me sane, to keep me afloat, to make sure that I can do this. And then gradually started going back down to my original dose once everything kind (laughs) of calmed down. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and then I guess another thing is, like I said, I, I do have family here, but it is very hard because um, 
like many Wisconsinites, my mother and father are alcoholics. So leaving the kids with them just isn't always an option. Right. And then my grandmother is my best friend in the whole world. But, you know, she's in her 70s. I can't keep dropping four, three, four kids on her, you know, every time life gets rough. So Mm -hmm. it's great that I have, great that I do have a support. It's just, it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be because it's still mostly just me all day. And with COVID, I, I don't get out. I can't talk to other moms. I can't meet other moms or, you know, my kids can't go to the park. I, I don't know. It's just. It's a tricky time for sure. It is. And it's like you have the resources, you have the support, but you're not able to use the support. Right. So right. I could see myself feeling a little bit resentful and just negative about that predicament. Yeah, there are definitely times because my, my husband and I are much better now. I mean, I, I feel knock on wood like we, we got through the worst of it. We kind of got a good system going down now. But there are certain times where... You know, I'm just grumpy. I'm in a bad mood. I'm here with the kids all day. There are, you know, days where I don't shower for, (laughs) you know, three, four days in a row. And then, you know, he comes home and it's, oh, hey, I'm going to go shower after work. Well, isn't that nice? (laughs) Yeah. Somehow we are always the last to drink our coffee in the morning. I'm the last to get breakfast. So, so Yeah. That uh, that can add up for sure uh, over the period of several days, several weeks, and it's no wonder. I mean, we walk around grumpy. We walk around just totally unfulfilled. Like we've been in kid mode for how long? We've been in newborn mode for how long? And it's okay to need to get away. Yes, I can relate to that. Even if it's just driving to pick up your click list order with no kids, right? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh yeah. yes. Yeah, driving in the car it has become like my jam lately because even if my toddler's here, he's not like clinging to my pants or like bugging me to watch Blippy or something. Oh, Blippy! Like, yep. Like, it's just it's kind of like the most chill part of my day. Yes. So, so with everything that you've shared, and it's been so so helpful. I can't wait for moms to hear this and just feel heard by your story. I think so many moms will be able to relate to it. And again, I'm so appreciative of you going deep and being willing to share. What would you tell yourself back then? Like if you could have this, like now you're, you're four kiddos in, you have a good regimen with your medication. You have a good system going with your husband. What would you, in your darkest moments, like what would you want to go back and tell that person? Um, you don't have to be perfect. You don't. I think that's where a lot of all my stresses and anxieties and resentments came in to play was because society paints this big picture of of how you're supposed to be and social media makes moms look so perfect and happy. And like, for instance, my three-year-old is almost four and he's still not potty trained. And I can't even tell you how ashamed I am of that because I see these, these people online and they're like, Oh, my kid was potty trained at two. And I'm like, well, shoot, what the heck am I doing wrong? But in the grand scheme of things, nothing is perfect. You're going to mess up. You're going to whisper the F word under your breath. You're going to 
forget a diaper and then have to wrap an old shirt around your kid in the car seat or just have them go naked and pray they don't pee. You know, you're going to mess up. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. Um, and just remind yourself that you can do it. You know, you, you can do it. And I don't know. I just, I love that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a hard... I feel like all of us could use that message. Yes. <laughs> and then another thing that I think after going through all the ups and downs with my husband is don't forget your husband. Don't forget you guys were, you know, you guys were just you two in the beginning that, that you guys started it all. You guys are best friends. You guys are, you know, lovers. You don't forget that relationship either because that gets tough. And especially as a stay at home mom, your husband is generally the only person that you see during the day or during the week. So just don't forget that relationship. It is so important to, to maintain that. And that, that took a while for me to kind of grasp too, but (laughs) yeah, I feel that. I feel that that's good. I'm, I'm, I didn't expect this to be so cathartic for me on this side, but I'm really loving it. Good. Um, So last question before we wrap up, just to bring it back to the whole content of the podcast is about doing hard things and the value of that. So I guess knowing what you know and everything that you've been through, why do you think it's so important to go through hard things? Because you learn about yourself. You, you learn that, you know, I saw, honestly, I saw myself as, um, being, I, I never saw myself as being a stay-at-home mom. I Before I was a stay-at-home mom, I had this fantastic career. I was high up. And and even when I had my firstborn, I was like, there's no way I'm going to have more kids. There is no way I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I work too hard for where I am. But I went through all those hard times, and I ended up being a stay-at-home mom. And, oh, my gosh, I wouldn't change it for the world. And then going through all those hard times with my husband, as much as I cried and as much as I would call my grandma saying, oh, he's so mean. I love him so much more now and our relationship is so much better. So going through all those hard times and and just not knowing if you're going to get through it and then you get through it and it's so much better on the other side. And you're like, you know what? I can do this. F yeah, I can do this. This is awesome. I almost gave up, but no way. That's I can an awesome do this. Feeling. Yeah, like, shoot, yeah. let's try for a fifth kid. Kidding. Oh my gosh, no, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, wait, wait, wait. No, they're sleeping <laughs> now, so I can you... say fifth kid, yeah. and then they're going to wake up, and I'm going to be like, nope, no, 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 no. <laughs> but no, I, w- I wouldn't be the mom that I am now if I wouldn't have gone through all those hard times, and because I appreciate everything so much more now. And don't get me wrong, I'm still learning every day. There's still times where I raise my voice at my kids, and then at the end of the day, I'm like, gosh, you were kind of a jerk why did you do that? Mm. But, um, no, it, it made me the mom. So maybe that's the silver lining then. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the silver lining. Like we have these moments in our memories that are kind of lapses and we see pictures, but we don't really remember being there. And as awful as that feels at the end of the day, if we know, like we are the way that we are, 
because of everything that we went through and we may have these photos that we can't remember. There may be these memories where we feel like we were watching from like a third party perspective versus just being in the moment. But I am the way that I am now because of everything that I went through and I wouldn't change that for the world. I think that's beautiful. Yes, exactly. All right, that's it for our first episode of my Anonymous series on the podcast. My hope is that you found some solidarity in Caroline's message and that you feel a little less alone in this motherhood journey. I have a lot more interviews already lined up for my Anonymous series, so be sure to stay tuned for more on that. If you'd like to be interviewed for my Anonymous series, email me at jennaoverbaugh at gmail.com. For more resources and information, be sure to check out my website at jennaoverbaugh.com. You can also find me on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh. Sign up for my email newsletter from my website to make sure that you're staying the most up to date on the latest resources and tools I'll be giving you for your mental, physical, and spiritual health. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.